It's Wednesday, June 26, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Well, this week we are in Dallas at the PCA General Assembly, and we have been granted the opportunity to be able to meet with several PCA churches here in Dallas, and it has been a blessed time. But before I left for Dallas, I was able to sit down with Ann and George Lawton. Ann and George are dear friends of Ashley and ours, going all the way back to our Sanford days, and the Lord has been gracious and kind to keep us in relationship and to keep us in community. Uh, George and Ann are actually realtors, in the Birmingham metro area and have such a special and unique service that they offer their clients. And so we have been clients of theirs and their excellent service. And one of the things that we're going to talk about even more with George and Ann is just their heart to give back to the community through their business and and some of the ways that they actually give to Lifeline by sponsoring several of our events and and giving back through uh, their business. And so before we do that, we also just wanted to talk about summer fun and guidelines to help you and your children build a summer full of of fun and special memories, absence of school routines, and and, and getting your kids also engaged in ministry. And so George and Ann are going to talk a little bit about that and how they have been able to get their children engaged with ministry this summer and throughout their lives. And so just starting off, George and Ann, thanks for joining us. And you you guys have been married for about 17 years. You have three children, uh, a sweet daughter and two twin boys. And you just recently became licensed foster parents. Talk about that decision to decide pursuing foster care and kind of how the Lord led you to that decision. We love to talk about foster care. Um, I think for us, foster care has been a calling really years in the making. And I was thinking back on it. We both had some resistance to that calling through the years. Um, I remember at one point, George said, you know, I just don't know if I could come across kids, bring them into our home and let them go and how challenging that would be emotionally and how hard that can be to watch that child leave your home. At a different time, um, my background is in counseling and when I was working um, with children who might have come from um, foster care homes or different opportunities, I told George when we were considering this calling, I don't think that I can come home at night and do more of this work. Um, And so at different times as we discussed this, um, it wasn't the right timing, but through the years, the Lord made it clear that we are called um, to do something. And for us right now, um, it is to be licensed foster parents. And it became something that we wanted to do and something that we could no longer ignore. And we're just, we're compelled to find the classes, sign up and um, become trained licensed foster parents. And it's been, it's been a joy and a challenge and certainly a road to get here. Yeah, I think our, <clears throat> excuse me, I think our uh, journey through infertility, um, obviously before we had kids, is in our exposure to Lifeline at that point is what sort of initiated this, um, this recognition of the need for foster parents, for adoptions, for birth mother care, for the... Uh, care for the unadopted. Um, and so I think, I, I think that was kind of the seed that was first planted. And then um, we had a season of life where we had three kids in a matter of two years. And so I think that um, 
how did God lead you to that decision? I think is is answered in the fact that there was a there there was a season of our life that permitted us to then look into foster training because for years while we were raising three small kids it just wasn't an option it was it was overwhelming as is and trying to throw uh, more kids into that would have been uh, more than we could have handled and so it was a season of our life that permitted it but also with Ann's training before uh, she came to work with me in, in my real estate business she was trained in um, dealing with kids from hard places through her um, she was a licensed marriage and family counselor and so she was uniquely equipped to handle kids coming out of those places because of her training with attachment um, disorders and things like that so I think we knew all along that God was equipping us in a very unique way to be foster parents, and then once that season of life permitted it, it was it was game time. Let's do this. Well, I know even getting to game time, mm-hmm. this is a family decision, not just a couple decision, and you had to engage and involve your kids because this doesn't just affect you as a married couple, it affects your whole family. And so, Anne, you actually even recently wrote an article in the Journey Magazine about involving your family um, and, and, and through adoption in the foster care process. And uh, talk to us a little bit about how you involved and prepared your children for the influx of, of these children coming in from foster mm-hmm. care. And, and you guys are respite parents, so they are coming in for short bursts of time. But still, that's, that is an interruption no matter how you how you say it, it interrupts where you are. So talk about just preparing your kids for those interruptions. Yeah. We had many conversations around the dinner table about what that might be like for our kids and how it might be really hard um, and it might be uncomfortable and it's definitely going to mean putting yourself second. Um, our hope was to try to paint a realistic picture and not that this would be something fun and something that we're going to do because we're just going to do this. Um, and, um, the Lord impressed upon my heart to let our children have a part in this decision, which I'm really grateful for. Um, they did not know that we were already doing this when we were talking to them about it. Um, and we asked them to consider it, to pray through this and to come back with us and let us know if that would be something that they would be on board with. Um, and so it was a cool process to let them consider it for themselves to take it before the Lord and for us all to discuss that further um, and to see their hearts move towards it and to see um, to see God work in their lives in their relationship with the Lord um, was really really neat for us as parents and we tried to make it clear that it wasn't going to be like having a friend from school over for a weekend there was going to be um, some behavior things there were going to be there's going to be very unique situations to kids that had been in our house before, but there was also going to be the opportunity and the intentionality for sharing the gospel, for, for loving selflessly, and for seeing the eternal ramifications of that, hopefully. Um, so there was going to be, it, it was going to be different, and, and being able to include them in that, and seeing their, seeing their excitement in that, and for that grow, and for them to actually take ownership and to ask you know, every couple of days, every couple of weeks, when we, especially when we were going through the training, 
we would come home and they would ask things like, okay, so did we get a kid yet? <laughs> like they were, they were so anxious to finally be able to do this thing that we had talked about and we had prayed about and we had committed to as a family. It's it, it, really exciting. Mm-hmm. And so certainly foster care is challenging. And Anne, even you know that from the counseling side and counseling parents through foster care as well as children who are placed in foster care. What are some of the, without giving specifics, some of the challenges y'all have already experienced as a family? Yeah. I feel like there have been some times when a child or children are in our home when I realize that we are forcing our children to mature more quickly than maybe they would otherwise. Um, They are being exposed to things that they might not yet be exposed to. Um, And I realize that we have signed them up for that. And um, as a mom, being okay with that. Um, One particular hard situation we had after um, our buddies left the house, um, we were able to sit down together on a Wednesday night, I don't think I'll ever forget, and we talked for an hour and a half with our elementary age children about everything that had just gone down at our house. Um, and it was actually um, a night where we were we had a business meeting that got canceled, and I remember understanding that the Lord had that time for us to just talk and process through all that had happened um, in our home um, and how beautiful that was. and. Um, how on so many levels it it met the needs of what our children needed um, after just some exposure to things that they had not heard before. Um, but to get to have that conversation with them with them under our roof um, is our preference because there's going to come a day in time where they know these things anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, again, I keep going back to just walking through this together mm-hmm. um, is my heart for our family in this. So. I know that this journey was was one where you guys prayed and you contemplated, you talked to your your kids. I mean, y'all been in this world in some regards, both career-wise and personally and in in supporting these types of ministries. But but what encouragement would you give through that journey of you guys going, okay, now's not just the time that we're going to give or use it vocationally, but we're going to wrap this ministry in our family. What, what's some encouragement you would give other families that might be wrestling through that same decision right now, might be praying about foster care, or may have felt this tug to foster care, but have never really taken that next step? What encouragement would you give those families? I, I think very simply, I, the encouragement would be to jump in, do it. Uh, if the Lord's leading you to do it, then there's, uh, there's just no way to run from it. Um, and, and it's such an obvious and clear call that the Lord places on the life of the believer. Um, and it's such a needed ministry and a needed um, gap to fill. I, I think that it is, I think, I think the church has been for decades now so willing to give away its opportunities to love. And those opportunities are very clear in scripture as being the things that will draw the world to the church and to God himself. And so when we give away education, when we give away the care for uh, the vulnerable, and we give that to the government, then when the church stands up and says, 
we think that this behavior, we think that this is wrong, speaking of uh, several different things, then the world looks at us and says, you are unloving. Mm -hmm. And it's because we've given away our opportunities and our um, our, our platforms to love. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's hard to argue with them. And so I think this is the, the our, our modern day, current church, current um, climates opportunity to stand up and wave a flag and say, we do care. We love deeply. We can hear the language of the California Democratic, was it Senator, mm -hmm. who ultimately said the people in Alabama don't care about kids. They just don't want them. They just don't want uh, unborn kids aborted. And I think this is our opportunity to stand up and say, no, you're wrong. We do care. The church does care. And we don't just care about kids before they're born. We care about them once they are born. And so we will open our homes to foster ki kids. We will open our homes to, um, in order to adopt. We will do what the church has been called to do for 2,000 years. And we're going to do it. And we're going to do it well. And we're going to do it intentionally. Yeah. And even though our kids might be exposed to things that might be ahead of the normal time frame, there's an understanding there and a passion that grows because the realization is that those kids that are in our care, not our biological children that are in our home, but the kids that are, the foster kids that are in our care have been exposed to things that are just heartbreaking. And those are the kids that need to see what what's available. They need to see the love of Christ. They need to see kids that have been called to take part in this mission, in this ministry of foster care. They need to see moms and dads who are, who are loving them just as well as they're loving their kids. They need to see what a, what a functional family looks like without all of this um, hardship that they've been raised in. And so I think it's, it's an exciting time for for families, I think it's an exciting time for the church. I think it's an exciting time for kids. Um, so, sorry for going long, but but I highly encourage people to do it because again, it's going to grow your family in ways, and, and in and in the grace of the Lord, and in opportunities for ministry, it's going to grow your family in so many ways. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a short term mission trip that comes to your house. Do it. It's awesome. And I love the the way that that too, really adoption and foster care and orphan care is so ingrained in your family. I mean, if it weren't for adoption, George, you wouldn't even be here. Uh, it's so much of your story. Your mom was adopted, mm -hmm. and because she was adopted and given life, she was able to get married and have you and your sisters. And you're here now, being able to give back. And so, what we don't realize even is rather we're respite family, whether we're a long-term foster care placement or an adoptive family, it makes a generational impact mm -hmm. that is felt many generations. So your grandparents really had no idea the impact that they were making generationally, that now there are kids being placed in the Lawton home 
who need this respite opportunity, that are they're having this family wrap the gospel around them because of a decision a mom made mm-hmm. several years ago and a family made uh, several years ago. And so what a beautiful, beautiful way. And so obviously there's ways to get engaged like the Lawtons with foster care, respite care, uh, family reunification, adoption, orphan care. But there are also ways to wrap your family and to wrap your business around this work in other ways. And so for many years, George, you guys have been utilizing your business to sponsor kids here at home in foster care and around the world. You know, one of the many ways that you've sponsored is the Kicking It for Kids uh, kickball tournament, which goes towards our foster care ministry. And so you guys made the decision to be a partner with Lifeline and to participate in these events through your business. And uh, this business here in town is the Pillar Group. Uh, it's a new group that you formed and you and Ann are, are seeding that group and, and leading that group in a great way to help people not just find a home, but to find the right home and to have all those services in one group that will help them purchase that home and take care of that home and get that home ready for move in. But, but talk a little bit about your business and then explain why you decided through your your business to give back to this ministry. Yeah, sure. We're um, we're real excited about the the ways that the Lord has been growing our business, um, and it is nothing short of miraculous what He's done. And um, you know, it's exciting to see. I was a I was a youth pastor for nine years before going into construction for about eight years, and so it's been really neat to see how the Lord has used what seemed like a real chaotic. Um, chaotic time in our lives and in our marriage to bring us to this point where it kind of all makes sense. Um, so we're, I feel like we're very uniquely equipped to assist our clients in the home buying and the home selling process because there are a lot of opportunities where, um, you know, kids might be selling their parents' house or um, elderly parents might need to downsize or there's been a loss of a spouse or a divorce where where it takes a lot of um, I call it kids' gloves to come in and be gentle, um, and to and to see that opportunity as ministry. And so, mine and Ann's history and background in ministry, I think, equips us for that. But also, there's always going to be times when we're walking through a house that we're getting ready to sell, or walking clients through houses that um, that they are considering purchasing, where eight years of construction experience comes in handy. Mm. Uh, so we can look at structural things we can look at electrical and plumbing items we can look we can even talk about how much is it going to cost to remove this wall or update this kitchen um, things that that I think a lot of realtors haven't necessarily been through and so it it uniquely equips us to really assist our clients in in that process and we're really excited about how the Lord's grown our business uh, last year we were in the top five percent of realtors in the Birmingham area and so um, it, it's just it's it's incredibly humbling but really exciting to see what he's doing and, and the platforms that he's given us for the ministry um, through that but that's a little bit about the business and, and our partnership um, was actually developed one morning at, at breakfast with Herbie and Rick Rick was actually in town being interviewed um, and and I had just gotten back from a mission trip and just a few months earlier had decided that I was going to stop doing a uh, dual job, uh, working two jobs, and I was going to focus on real estate uh, solely. And um, 
so I kind of made that jumping off point and then went on a mission trip and came back with just this real strong desire for, for our business to be um, it, it, honoring the Lord, but, but, but more than that. We wanted it to be a, a selfless thing. We wanted it to be something that, that really was, was generous and gave back in a very generous way. And there was this realization that, uh, you know, in, in, in our, in our world, in our culture, in our lives, there's this kind of surplus of money at the end of the year that all of these ministries that we are passionate about vie for some portion of that pie. Um, and we wanted to do more, uh, for lifeline than just splitting up that pie. So, uh, the conversation that we had was, you know, how can we sort of dog ear these funds for this ministry and how can it be over and above what we're doing and, and how can we um, just blow the socks off uh, of, of giving and <clears throat> kind of the plan that we came up with. And the idea was any lead that comes to us by way of lifeline, and that means lifeline staff, friends of lifeline um friends of friends of lifeline basically if somebody comes to us and says we got your name and number through lifeline then then we are committed to give 20 percent of our commission that's off the top back to lifeline so last year we were able to give back enough to sponsor several different events um and and again that's that's not that's not us boasting it is it is just the the heart i think it's been neat to see our heart to give to generously to lifeline honored in the way that lord has brought business through lifeline to us so we are able to do that um so just for an example like if if we help somebody buy a four hundred thousand dollar house we could give lifeline upwards of twenty four hundred dollars back and by the time we pay for our taxes, for our license fees, for our insurance, for our office fees, and all the licensing stuff that comes with that, it's it's more than 50% of what we will ultimately make off that sale. So it, it is, it, it's, it's a big percentage back, and it is really our honor uh, to do that. It is, it's probably one of my favorite checks to write. And I just encourage folks to, to get more information on the Pillar Group. You can go to Pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R, group, B-H-A-M, B-H-A-M.com. So Pillar Group, B-H-A-M.com, and get connected with George and Ann through their business. And guys, it's not just through your business, but it's like we've said, it's also through your family. And you've been participating in the Stand for Orphans initiative. And uh, this is a, an initiative that was created for kids by kids. And actually, my own three kids started this four years ago, Caleb, Adeline, and Emily. And, and since then, we've been able to see kids all over the country and really around the world raise upwards of $450,000 to globally care for orphans and vulnerable children by hosting lemonade stands. And so your family today, as you're going to hear the Lawton's family has been engaged, can get make a difference too by doing Stand for Orphans. So visit Stand for Orphans, F-O-R, standfororphans.org to download your free do-it-yourself kit. And this year, we've also added a kit specially for churches that include 
everything that you need to get your local church engaged or, or maybe for a missions project for your children's ministry this summer. You can also follow all of the fun on social media by searching for Stand for Orphans and following the hashtag, hashtag Stand for Orphans. Okay, so George and Ann, I know that you know you're, you're, you guys are busy. You have three kids. They're out for school. You have a business that you're running. Of course, summer is one of the busiest times for people to look for homes. So this is a busy season for you guys. But yet you continue to make the time uh, to do a stand for orphans. So talk about why your family has made it a priority and why other families should as well. Well, James is clear that faith, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Um, And sometimes I know that we all do grow weary. We are tired. Um, But George does a really good job of just reminding me and making time for these things. Um, And so with our kiddos being concrete thinkers, um, the Stand for Orphans is a very tangible way for you and your family to um, make an impact, to be able to give back to Lifeline and for your children to see it play out in front of them. We were able to just pray and ask the Lord to bring customers um, because in our area, there have been many lemonade stands um, all throughout the month of June for various great causes. Um, And on a Wednesday afternoon, um, we prayed and just asked that the Lord would have people show up and y'all, they showed up and we got to watch um, him bring us money. And um, what a great, lesson um, for our kiddos um, to be able to watch that happen and then to be able to give that money back to Lifeline. Um, um, it, w- it was awesome. Another cool thing was just watching them tell the folks that stopped by the scene what this money was going for, for them to be able to articulate that there are children in Columbia that need school supplies, that they do not have school supplies, and they also don't have parents um, there to even um, think of buying them for them. So um, to really, um, on so many levels, I would encourage you just to involve your kids in that, let them take the initiative um, to speak with their customers about what's going on and what the need is, um, and you will truly, um, it will be worth worth the effort for sure. Um, and to look at the goal is twofold, not just to raise money, because then the the way you view the success of it is based on the dollar amount raised, but not, so it's not just about the money, but it's also about getting the word out about Lifeline and its, its ministries. Um, and, and so I would encourage everybody before you do one, you know, do some research on Lifeline and understand the many facets of ministries that Lifeline takes part in. And, and, um, and so when we're, we, we try to do a lemonade stand every year and it's always a great opportunity for us to include the kids and for them to kind of set their sights on doing ministry and raising money, um, getting the word out about Lifeline. Um, so, um, but something else we do and, and I, this was probably stolen more from the few seasons of, uh, the, the apprentice that I watched, <laughs> but it's not just about utilizing and leveraging the people who actually have the time to come by the stand, but get the word out a day or two in in advance on social media. Let the grandparents who live out of town know, um, talk to aunts and uncles about, you know, contributing as well. Um, And so, again, it's not just about increasing the amount of money that's raised, although that does help, but it also increases the waves of impact made by telling people about Lifeline. Um, And so... You know, there are opportunities if, if someone has questions more, if someone wants to know more about the ministry because of 
the word that's gone out through social media or by talking to grandparents or aunts and uncles or friends out at state or um, even people coming by the stand it's a great opportunity to tell them about the banquet that's held in the fall and, and let them know again about all the many facets of ministry that Lifeline takes part in. Well, guys, we're grateful not only for your friendship, but for your partnership and all of these things. I just want to remind you, especially if you're in the Birmingham area, to visit the thepillargroupbham.com to learn more about this awesome uh, opportunity to not just sell your home, but to help a friend sell their home and also let them know that you heard about their services on the Defender podcast so that part of your commission can go towards orphans around the world and kids in foster care here at home. Well, don't forget to visit Stand for Orphans org to download your free do-it-yourself kit and to join families like the Lawtons and taking a stand for orphans this summer. Uh, as you also download those kits, make sure you register your stand so that we can be able to follow you on social media and promote your stand on our social media accounts and just to really allow other families to be encouraged by the participation in Stand for Orphans. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media by searching for Stand for Orphans and following the hashtag, hashtag Stand for Orphans. Well, don't forget on Monday, our Monday morning Bible study will have its own podcast and that is the Defender Bible Study. And so if you have enjoyed our Monday Bible study and call to prayer, you need to make sure that you look today for the Defender Bible study on your favorite podcasting app, because on Monday, that Bible study will not be released on the Defender podcast, but on its own podcast, the Defender Bible study. And don't forget that next week we have our new format where we will be releasing one podcast a week on Wednesday, a little lengthier podcast that you can enjoy every Wednesday on the Defender Podcast. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you or your church can partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.